Today, we have a powerful episode featuring speaker and author Megan Wright, who shares her journey of self-discovery and spiritual growth. In this episode, we delve into Megan's insights on inner dialogue, overcoming insecurities, and the transformative power of faith in finding one's purpose. Let's dive in. Megan Wright, welcome to the No Gray Areas uh, podcast. We are so glad that you're here. You and I actually have a little history. We were, for a short time, uh, we were actually at the same place, and uh, you were singing on the stage, and I was speaking, uh, speaking on the stage. But I want to jump right into it. Anybody who's actually watching this or knows you at all, you love the color pink. <laughs> uh, right? So tell us oh, about that. What, what is it about the color pink? Uh, you know what's so funny is that I remember even back to when I was uh, a little girl and my bedroom was pink. I loved all things pink. I uh, and it just um makes me happy. Uh yeah. when I wear pink, I feel uh more confident and uh, I feel like it uh makes me glow. Uh yeah. hopefully that's also the Holy Spirit. Uh but when I'm in my office that's all pink, um it actually plays a part into my mood. So I am a huge believer and that the way that God made colors uh, affects your um you know your thought patterns and your moods and things like that. So color is huge in my house. And so I um, don't have any plain walls. I don't have any <laughs> really? muted, um, because I truly believe that God created all of these beautiful colors and he talks about them so much in the Bible. Uh, and so for me, I find joy in that. You know, it's interesting because there's, there's actually science behind that, isn't there? Like we, yeah. Science is actually proven now that colors affect our moods. and It's so uh, true. And I love how you bring up the, the beauty of it. Um, beauty, truth, goodness. Those are three things that yeah. philosophers and theologians for thousands of years have said, if you look for those things, you'll find them all around. So you right. made sure that the clothes you wear and the colors on your wall speak to the beauty. I love it. It's I love so it. true. It's well, so let, true. I'm going to just jump into the deep end of the pool. We're going to have a ton of fun okay. on this podcast. Uh, our audience is going to hear about the new book you wrote. Uh, but but I want to jump into the deep end of the pool. On your website, you actually say this when you write about yourself. You say that around 21, I appeared to be vibrant, energetic, and joyful during the day. But in actuality, my life was one late night after the next in darkness, shoving down the feelings from memories that haunted me, memories of eating disorders, rejection, isolation, loneliness, anger, date rape, promiscuity, STDs, family alcohol and drug abuse, sadness, and shame. Wow. So share a little bit of that, because I think it's important for our audience to understand that uh, you, like all of us as humans, you've gone yeah. through your crap. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, it's often one thing that I hear continually once people get to know me is that they um, they judge me based on the colors and clothes that I wear uh, and that I am so vibrant in the things that I like and and profess. Um, and they have a hard time connecting that I might be somebody who struggles with that. Uh, and um, I totally get it. And I think that's part of us humans not understanding what our true identity is. Uh, and I know for me, I met Jesus when I was 10, but I didn't know him. Uh, I was saved at 10 and I went to church for 
a few years, um, but that only gave me a limited foundation. Uh, it gave me a foundation of the judgment and the the rules of God's don'ts, but I never understood the love from the salvation that God gave us as a gift. And so my motivation for doing things and seeking things uh, was out of fear. And eventually, you know, you get so lost that that fear doesn't matter anymore, right? Because you're just seeking and seeking and seeking. And so what happened was uh, I started seeking in any place that I could to get fulfillment. Uh, And that led me into really bad places in my life. Uh, A lot of um, you know, bars and clubs and places that you would never think that I would have gone if you even knew me as a child, because I just had this, you know, effervescent personality. Um, but I believe that in the giftings that God gives us, he also um, gives us that desire to worship um, when he creates us. I believe every single Absolutely. person on earth is created to worship And when we don't worship Jesus, we will worship something. And so I wasn't worshiping Jesus. I was worshiping myself and wanting to put myself on that throne. And what that did was elevate all of my desires and my insecurities at the same time. So I wanted to be told I was beautiful. I wanted to be told that I was successful. I wanted to hear all of these amazing things. And the truth of it underneath of all that was it was because I wasn't confident in any of that. And so um, I'm a huge believer that, um, you know, all of these uh, things that we mask ourselves with uh, are just to cover up root issues, right? And so me looking in all of these relationships with all different kinds of people in all different kinds of places uh, was, was me trying to fill the void that I had of not understanding who I was. And so um, for years and years, I just wanted to fill up on any and everything. Um, And I I would love to say that my, you know, that story stopped after my first marriage, but that marriage was an abusive marriage. And so it didn't stop, right? Um, And I would love to say that it stopped after my second marriage, which is my current husband. Uh, And the truth is that it didn't because I continued to seek and seek and seek. And I wanted everybody to be that thing that rescued me. And um, obviously that causes a lot of issues when you put that expectation on different people. Uh, And so I had to finally reach that place. Yeah. Can I jump in really quick and ask, because I love what you just said. You were trying to find someone that would rescue you. Rescue you from what? Rescue you from what? Rescue me from my emptiness. Um, rescue me from all of the lies that I had allowed myself to believe in who I wasn't versus the truth of who I was. Yeah. You know, you, you said something too uh, about elevating insecurities. Isn't it interesting that, that as human beings, we so often when we're chasing, cause I love what you said, we're, we're, we're built, we're created to worship something. So if we don't worship God, we're going to worship something else, ourselves, whatever it is, sex, money, drugs, yeah. whatever it is. But yep. all that those other things do is elevate our insecurities, right? It's so true. Yeah. It's so yeah. true because, you know, it's kind of like that gateway thing, right? Like you you think that, oh, okay, if I'm in this relationship, you know, in, in the first glances, they don't really know me. So all they're doing is building me up on what they think that they know, right? And so as you get further into that and and 
the truth is revealed, uh, then that pushes you away. It disassociates you from wanting to connect. And it and the reason we do that is because we are so scared of being rejected. And that that was what my issue was. I didn't want to be rejected. Um, and so I did whatever I had to do to get close enough to get a temporary fill, but stay far enough away to not be hurt. Wow. And then you never really have true intimacy. You really no, have no not true at all. connection, right? Yeah. You said something that I thought was so powerful where you talk about masks because uh, that, yeah. that and, and so I want you to unpack that a little bit because I do think that, and for our audience listening, the reality is, is that all of us have masks and even you've peeled off yeah. a lot, but you probably still have some that God is working on. I know For I sure. still have some. I remember one time I was speaking at an event and I said, I, here's one thing I know about every single person that walked in this ring is that you have something that you've never told anyone else. So There's true. something right now that you that, that you're holding yeah. on to that even the closest person on this planet to you it, it, as a relationship, you, you still haven't unpacked that. And the beauty so of it true. is you and I both know that actually God's aware of it. But, but yeah. talk about the masks, how destructive those are, how difficult those are to take off, why we wear them. Yeah. So I think a really good example of this, um, and I believe it's it's my story, but I also believe that there are a lot of people that have the same story uh, in that, um, you know, when I was really young and I'm still really young. Uh, when yeah, I was yeah. younger, uh, I was really good at my job. And I um, put a lot of value in that identity uh, because I knew that when I went to my job, I could mark my value with numbers, with like actual success uh, uh. from nine to five. And so I had a great reputation in my job for being successful and for getting my job done. And so for me, that is where I started to feel like, oh, I've got my stuff together because I'm really good at my job. Now, when I got married to my husband, my current husband, um, that posed a huge problem because uh, I was still super insecure. Um, but... I tried to pretend that I had all my stuff together. And so my priority in my life was my job. Now, mm -hmm. I had even had a two-year-old that came into the picture with my um, current, manage, uh, current marriage. But the thing was, is that um, that was in shambles because of my first marriage. And so I didn't, I couldn't even put any value there just because I felt like such a failure. But I always went back to, I'm really good at my job. And that hurt me in so many ways because I would put on this face of, oh, I'm so good at my job. I'm so happy in my job. Everybody just knows me as this, you know, vibrant person that's just always on it and can do whatever. I'll take whatever you give me and I'll do it. Uh, and that gave me this false sense of security. And so, when my job was over at the end of the day, and I went back to my reality of being a mom, of being a wife, of trying to manage relationships that were super unhealthy, codependent relationships, family, friends, et cetera. Um, it was this huge juxtaposition of this successful Megan and this failure of a Megan. And because they were so different and they didn't align, it was like they crashed every single day. 
And so that that compacted that um, that phony syndrome that we get, right? We think, oh, I, I'm great, but then, well, no, I'm not great. This is, I can't even keep any other area of my life together. And so I wore this mask of being successful thinking, oh, I'm great because I'm successful in my job to hide that I had really hardcore issues in my marriage. Where did that crash? Because you just used those words. You said, you know, it would cra- I would crash in these other areas of yeah. my life. Who did that yeah. crash affect the most? Obviously yourself. Who else? I mean, yeah, it affected myself. It affected my husband. It affected my kids. And it also affected my family that was kind of involved in, you know, the unhealthy waves of my marriage because I was still trying to figure it out. And so my children didn't understand why when I was working from home and working and all these calls that it was so happy. But then when I was in my marriage, when they were little, right, and they'd hear me in the different ways that I would speak to my husband versus the the way that I would speak with my uh, coworkers, it was just so different. They saw it like just, almost, two, almost two different people. Two different people. Yeah. And then, of course, in my marriage, it was the same. You know, I was just this one person at work. But then with my husband, he saw something totally different. And it was because I was wearing a mask. I was so unhealthy, right, that my roots were just so jacked up um, that I couldn't keep that going because it wasn't genuine. Here's what's so interesting about what you just said, Megan, is the crash affected you, your husband your children, some of the close family members. And I suspect, tell me if I'm wrong, that you would say, well, those were the most important people in your life. Is that that right? 100%. (laughs) Isn't that interesting how that works for us, that that we can wear our masks. So we have these two different lives going. We're kind of living as phonies or imposters, and we wear these masks, and we all have this in some areas of our life. Sure. But the people that are affected the most by the crash are the ones that we love the most, the ones that are closest to us. 100%. So yeah. you you were wearing these masks, but the your 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 uh, fellow employees probably saw the good side of it, got the good Megan, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. And if you think about it, it's like at the end of the day, who cares? Like, yeah, of course I care about those people, right? Because I care about everybody that God puts in my contact. Uh, but at the end of the day, the people that God had entrusted to me to ministry to, to do ministry with, to minister to, to grow up like my children, they weren't seeing that genuine person because I had so much junk. So tell us about your journey then. How did you get, and you're still on it. Well, I'm still on it. We're yeah, in this of course. Journey, obviously, you, you're, you're a lot further along. What started that? What launched it? What, what lies did you see through? What, what truths yeah. did you start uh, grabbing onto that started changing that? Yes. And so this therein lies um, where God showed me my calling eventually too. Um, but I uh, had had Savannah, my youngest, uh, who is now 16, uh, but she was three months old. And I had just reached such a low point in my life. Uh, We were, my husband and I were going to marriage counseling. Um, You know, we were doing all of the things and I just was in such a really bad place mentally. And uh, a family member of my husband said, hey, they're starting a new Bible study at this church. You should go. And so I took my three month old and we went to this Bible study. Yeah. Can I jump in here really quick? Because I just want to help the audience understand. I'm assuming at this point, you're still the Megan that we're seeing right now. If they're watching this yeah. live, the smiley, vibrant, maybe wearing pink. So 
people that are seeing you are seeing that. But behind closed doors, if you will, uh, marriage yeah. is kind of falling apart. You're struggling. You're struggling with identity issues. Okay. So that's a great reminder. Again, what we see isn't always what's actually yeah. really happening with someone. So go on then. Yeah. So I joined this Bible study and um, honestly, it was just a couple of weeks into the Bible study. Uh, it was Beth Moore who she taught me how to read the Bible and uh, I will forever be indebted to that woman. But she, uh, she had said something in one of her, in that first Bible study. And I remember... <laughs> I'll never forget it. But I, I was praying and I said, God, would you please just change my husband? Because <laughs> we all have prayed those prayers, right? That we just, yeah. if you would change just change person. that person, yeah. Yeah. everything yeah. would be wonderful. And God spoke so clearly to my heart and said, stop praying for your husband. It's time to start praying for you. Hmm. Wow. And in that moment, I had realized that I had never prayed for myself. Wow. I had never asked God to really purify my heart. I had never asked him those core things about who I was because I didn't know him. Wow. And that was what started my journey. Uh, I had gotten to a very low place and... It was finally in this moment of me just in my prideful way saying, God, would you just change the man that I'm married to? And it was this lightning bolt moment where God said, no, it's you that I want to work on. And that just brought so much clarity. Um, yeah. It also brought the hardest journey that I've ever been on uh, as a start because oftentimes you know, the revelation is just the beginning part uh, of yeah. it. <laughs> and yeah. so it was then that God started uh, taking me around the mountain of what my insecurities were uh, and where I thought my identity was and the lies of that to then learn what the truth of that is. Yeah. What? How would you define, like, let's say we have a listener who is going, okay, I hear a lot, a lot of people talk about identity or purpose. What is that? What does that actually mean? So you're on this journey and God is helping you see that you had, you had believed some lies about your identity, but what, what does that mean? Yeah. Hey, from your No Gray Areas team, we just want to say thank you so much for listening. And if you're loving this episode, would you just take a moment and leave us a review rating on whatever platform you're listening from? If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on the new podcast episodes that drop every other Wednesday. By leaving a review and subscribing, you help others discover our podcast's inspirational messages to effectuate positive change in their lives. Okay, let's jump back in to this episode. You had believed some lies about your identity, but what, what does that mean yeah. to you? Yeah, so for me, I struggled a lot with connecting my physicalities to my worth. And so... For years and years and years, when, and this is, um, I think that so many people um, can't put context to this, but this is um, how I lived that, lived this out, is that when I would have conversations with people, the first thing that was on my mind was, do they think that I'm fat? Are they bothered by my skin complexion? Do they um, are they listening to what I'm saying, or are they stopped at my physicality? Like that—that that was 
at the forefront of every single conversation that I would have with anybody. Hmm. And I couldn't ever get past things like, are they focused on my pant size? Are they focused on how much I weigh? And so for me, I tied my value, my identity with what size my clothes were. And wow. that's a lie from the enemy because your value and your identity has absolutely nothing to do with your physicality. So true. I assume you didn't wake up one morning and all of a sudden have that all together. Like I have that all figured out. There was probably a little bit of a journey, right? Because are you in your tw late 20s, 30s at this time? Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, yes. I would, at that time, I was, let's see, um, about 30 years old. Yeah. Okay, and, so, you're, uh, so you're 30. You've got you've had 30 years of believing this yeah. other lie. So you don't just wake yeah. up one day and no. go, I, I don't want to think that way anymore. So no. th there was a journey of that. Yes. And it really was. He, here's, here's where everything kind of just, it, it was like the chains just fell off. When I studied the Bible enough to know what God's word says about me, that I am a masterpiece, that I was created in his image, right? And so if I truly believe that I'm created in God's image to do good works, then how could I put down, how could I devalue something that God created? Hmm. And so for me, it was I have so many beautiful, good things that God has entrusted to me, that God has given to me. And the only way I started to understand that was because I studied it. And I didn't just read it on some post and scroll by. I got in the Word and I studied what my identity truly is. Yeah. And so... You know, I, I'm a big believer in whatever you put out, right? God says the overflow of your heart is what speaks volumes. And for me, I realized that I was consuming all of these things that were such lies about who I was and who I wasn't, that if I could just be successful in my job, then that's my identity. If I could just wear a size two, then that's my identity. If I could just, you know, be whatever. And the truth of that is that None of that matters if you don't truly understand that you were put here for a purpose on purpose through his purpose. Oh, absolutely. And you know what's so interesting when you were just talking about you were consuming all of these things, these lies. Yeah. Most of those were coming from yourself, right? Like 100%. We, we talk to ourselves more than we talk to anybody else. And I would so challenge true. our audience, start paying attention the next few days how many times you're talking to yourself and you don't realize it. You're not talking out loud. Gosh, yeah. You have this inner dialogue going on. So a lot of those things that you were taking in about my pant yeah. size and my value at work and, and my success or not success at work, yeah. most of those were coming from yourself, right? It's so true. It's wow. so true. And because I didn't know God's word, right, we created to worship. So if I'm not understanding God's word, I'm going to look and seek for something to fill that void. And so because I didn't know who I was, then I believed who I wasn't. Yeah. It's worth spending a, a, quite a bit of time on this identity thing because I think it's so important. Yeah. I, I spoke a message years ago about identity. Some of the very things you're talking about are identity in Christ, the truth of that. And afterwards, I had a, a psychologist, a counselor come up to me and he said, you know, pretty much everybody that I have in my office that I work with, the core issue is identity. 
the core issue that we as humans struggle with is identity issues. Like, yeah. so I, this is worth us spending some time on it. And as part of it's your story, so part of your journey, how, how you began to understand your true identity as was found in, yeah. in Christ, the hope of that, not in the uh, what others say about us or what we say about ourselves. It's so true. Because if you, you know, unpack this, like for me, uh, as my ministry is women now and um, equipping women to seek Jesus. And as I have spent, you know, so many years talking with women and hearing some of these, you know, issues that they believe are deeply rooted issues in, in other things, you know, there's one thing that I hear over and over and over again uh, with women and they're inability to have continual relationships with other women. And they think it's that they're being judged. And the root of that is insecurity because so oftentimes we we really aren't being judged except by ourselves. Hmm. We're judging ourselves so harshly that there's no way that we could ever hear anybody else's judgment because we're so busy telling us, telling ourselves what's wrong with us, right? Yeah. And so- Time after time, you know, the, the root of so many things, the root of um, unhealthy relationships is uh, a lot of the times insecurity because we want to put an expectation on somebody else to fill us up because we're insecure. That was my story in my marriage. I thought my husband had a duty to make me feel amazing all the time. And uh, and the other way as well, my husband had an expectation uh, that I was to fill his bucket up and be that sole source. And the root of that in both of us was insecurity in that we didn't understand who we are. So we wanted other people to tell us how amazing we were because we didn't really believe how wonderful we were in, in Christ, right? And yeah. so um, it is it is deeply rooted in all of us to want to be valued. And so when we don't put the value in in Christ's word in our hearts, then we will find empty value in other things. Wow. You know, your your ministry, uh what God God has called you to is primarily to women, you said, but what you're what you're describing, I think every man can connect with too. Uh we struggle with it's our so own insecurities, don't we? Is is men. Yeah. And sorry to cut you off, but I no. feel like it's so funny because I always think my ministry is for women. I spoke uh, this past Sunday uh, on um, our main stage at church and to men and women. And um, I shared a little bit of my testimony. And so we've been at our church for three years and I spoke a couple times on Sundays. And, and this time I felt God calling me to share some of my testimony. I had more men come up to me than women saying, I'm that person. And so here's the thing again it doesn't matter if you're male or female. You were created in Christ's identity through the cross. So if you have accepted that salvation, then you become a new person, whether male or female. What Whatever God has created you to be, we are still defined by the cross. We are created in God's image for his good works, saved in freedom through the cross. And uh, I do believe that um, men struggle with this just the same. And I think a lot of the masking of this is things like pride and fear, um, because obviously we're wired differently. But as I've you know mentored and spoke to a lot of women who are in marriages, 
uh, and they both, you know, come together with these similar struggles. But a, a man's perspective is that, um, you know, there's just such an expectation for them to be something. And when they feel like they haven't gotten it, what happens is that they're swallowed in shame and guilt. Yeah. And um, it's fear and insecurity that drives that. Well, and shame, boy, you bring that up. It's disgusting yeah. what shame does to us, but that's yeah, the byproduct gosh. of insecurities, isn't it? The byproduct of our insecurities and our enemy loves us because he knows yeah. the more that he can have us speaking our own securities into our life yeah. instead of our true identity in Jesus. What does it do? It brings shame and that shame brings 100%. more insecurities and those more insecurities bring more shame. And it's just this cycle that's just yeah, it's horrible. disgusting. So that's, I love your story because I see so much of my own story in yours, which I think all of our audience will as well. It was transforming to me as well when I began to understand because I grew up like you did in the church. Um, from an early age, I, I was a, a believer following Jesus, but I pictured God with his arms crossed. Uh, for those that are listening and not watching, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the pose right now. Like his arms are crossed and he's looking down, just waiting for me to screw up so he can punish me again. That was my view of God. When I began to understand that, 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 that God was, and this transformed me when I actually sometimes would picture the physical Jesus putting his hands on my shoulder yeah. and looking at me with this big smile and I could see the gleam in his eyes and he's saying, I'm so proud of you, son. That's the God we serve. That's our identity, Amen. right? That's transforming. It's transforming. And I think that that therein lies the motivation to be like Christ is that it's no longer from the fear of, oh my gosh, if I screw up, it's Oh my gosh, you've given your life for me. What what can I do with my life in return, Jesus? Right? Because I always like to say it's it's this shift of your perspective. It's no longer about your flesh perspective and Christianese, you know, your your um your self perspective, your uh immediate world perspective. It's no that you have you've been created for purpose and you woke up today. So you still have purpose by God, through God, for God and his glory and his eternal kingdom. And so if you're to shift your perspective to an eternal perspective, how would you go about your day differently? Like that's what I think about in the mornings when I wake up. God, thank you for giving me this day. Thank you for waking me up. How can I make a difference eternally today? Yeah. I was just listening to Jordan Peterson this morning. I don't know if you know who he is, but uh, Jordan yeah. Peterson made this and I and I wrote the quote down because I thought, I bet when I talk to Megan today, something's going to come up that I can use this quote for. I love and, that. <laughs> and here it is. Peterson said, you need meaning in life. I'm going to use your word purpose. You need purpose in life to offset the tragedy of life. Yeah. If there's not something bigger than us, if there's not meaning, if there's not purpose, if our identity so isn't just wrapped up in, in these 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 insecurities, if it's not bigger, yeah, the tragedy is life just, just start overwhelming us, don't they? But you're speaking of something that's bigger than all of that. It's so true. And two things. Number one, two weeks ago, I had somebody say, your life is an example of Christ's power through the cross. And it's not because of me. It's because I have gone through a lot of trauma in my life. Um, but 
that that hasn't robbed my joy because I know that the joy of the Lord is is my strength and that he has called me to something great. Yeah. And so I believe that every single person that's created on this earth through Jesus has been called to something great because eternity is great. Yeah. And so yeah. uh the second part is that I just don't understand how could how anyone could go through life without faith because life's going to happen regardless. It's not that you get a free pass through uh, pain if you're a Christian. Uh, Dare I say, you're probably going to experience even more uh, because you know that you have that pull, that that you know, that gravity pull towards eternity. Uh, and yet you're witnessing and, and being a part of things on earth that are painful, but your hope is in the Lord, yeah, right? That yeah. your, your anchor is God's hope. And that's, uh, I just feel like I, I want to live my life in like Hebrews 11 and, and be a by faith kind of woman. Yeah. You know what I hear, if I sum this up before I transition to your book, which I'm really excited about, but if I hear what you're saying, that your struggle early on was you had this this vibrant, I mean, it's kind of how God wired you to be, no matter what what you were going to be in life, but this vibrant, outgoing personality, but there was these masks you were wearing and you had almost yeah. like a, a duality of life. And what God is doing through you understanding your identity is he's kind of bringing that, that it's it's actually the real Megan, it's right? so true. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. You make me want to wear pink, except I won't get away with I... it. Like you will. It's so funny because I I do wear a lot of sequins and sparkle. Not today, but I usually wear a lot of sequins and sparkle. And what I always say is that I just want to sparkle for Jesus. I I want to combine the gifts and the talents that God has given me with the uniqueness that God has given me and bring those together for the glory of God. You know, when I was young, um, I loved to teach and uh, I loved to teach my sister and like she was a student in my classroom and I would give her fake handouts and we would just play the whole thing, right? And as I got older uh, and kind of started in my career path, I realized that I wasn't really a fan of other people's children. So I knew I wasn't going to be a teacher and I didn't understand how that would connect. Uh, and I also love to sing. I love to pretend like I had my own band. My neighbors were my backup singers. Um, but I, you know, American Idol didn't work out for me. And so I just never understood, God, you gave me these desires. I love to do these things. I don't understand until I was rooted in my identity. And now, I get to teach the Bible to women and I get to lead worship. And so those things that were rooted in me when I was formed, before I was born, were things that God gave me and he gave me the desires for. But I believe that he waited until I understood that those were things that he was going to use for his glory and his kingdom, but not until I understood who I was in him. Yeah. Work through some of that stuff. Wow. Well, speaking of teaching, you talk about that. You you are, you are a teacher, a gifted teacher, and you just came out with a new book. Love the title. Audience, listen to this. <laughs> Lord, shut my mouth. That is such a beautiful title. And, and lo- Lord, shut my mouth. Learning to keep your cool when you feel like people are crazy. So, tell us a little bit about this book. This this really it's a Bible study, right? So, tell us a little bit about that. Yes. It's a Bible study. It's a six-week Bible study, uh, kind of like a devotion. Um, my hope in um, that I'm a Bible teacher is that uh, people would do it together. Um, the premise of this uh, 
was actually just the journey that I had to take, right? Because when you're an insecure person, you're offended by everything and you think that everything is meant to harm you and hurt you. And so, so true. you know, through um, my childhood, but then also through my early adulthood, because I was just so insecure, I just felt like there were so many things that people would say or the way that they would look at me would were meant to harm me. And so I would get offended. And I masked that as I'm just that tell it like it is kind of person. But in reality, that wasn't it at all. I was just offended. And I took everything like it was an attack on me. And what God had to show me was as I broke through my insecurities and I learned what my true identity was, I started to experience freedom because I learned how to look at someone from a different perspective. And so when I would have conversations, you know, there was a shift from, okay, maybe they're not all just out to kill me. Uh, maybe they're experiencing something themselves, right? And so this book is really the journey of understanding that um, you, you have to learn how to set healthy expectations with people and with yeah. yourself. Um, you have to learn how to um, be okay with who you are so that you're okay with other people because more and more, everybody's different and um, people say dumb things and you have to be in a place where you're rooted firmly enough to know that that dumb thing does not define you. Yeah. And I think that's, the key to this is that other people's words don't define you. And wow. so if you truly learn to shift your perspective, uh, then you experience freedom and then you can have healthy boundaries in relationships. And, you know, when people lose their mind on you, you don't have to react. You can just stop and say, okay, you know what, God, they're crazy. But for me and how I'm going to respond, I want to, to do what brings you glory and honor. And so this book is just a study in how God teaches this so much in the Bible, because it just comes down to your identity and relationships. It's so interesting that I said we were going to shift the conversation to your book, but we didn't shift it at all, did we? Yeah. Because yeah. Lord shut my mouth, uh, ha learning to keep your cool when you feel like people are crazy. You're saying that's that's actually going back to what we just talked about, <laughs> the, the identity is. issue, right? Like it a is. lot of the times because we say dumb things or let the dumb things that other people yeah. say affect us, go, goes back yeah. to the root of identity. Yeah, because what happens, again, my story is because I got offended at people, um, because I was just so bothered by people. I hate using the word offended because then they're like, oh, I don't want to read that book. It's about being offended and I'm not offended. And the truth is everybody gets offended. Um, but where God shifted my perspective in it was I was bothered. I was bothered by a lot of what people said. And the reason I was bothered and wanted to react with verbal vomit was because I was insecure. And so I wanted to deflect and I wanted to be defensive and I wanted to turn things back on them. And so as I started to just be firm in who I was, I, I really had this moment where it just clicked and I, and I just thought, this is nothing about um, anybody else. This is about me and understanding that I am who God says that I am 
And if I approach my relationships and I approach my circumstances in that way, then nothing that anyone says can change Mm. what I truly know about myself. This is probably more needed in our social media time than any other time in human history, right? Because we, I mean, humans have always dealt with this, but not like we are with our technology today. You actually say in this, you talk about how to set boundaries in conversation. This is one of the things that you unpack. Give us a teaser, uh, enough that we'll want to, our audience will want to go out and get your uh, Bible yeah. study. Uh, how, yeah. What are some boundaries that we set up? Yeah. So um, boundaries aren't for other people. They're for you. And so if you whoa, look- Whoa, 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 Say that again. That's good. Say <laughs> that again. Yeah. Boundaries aren't for other people. They're for you. So- You know, I think that the word boundary is super trendy right now, and I hate that. Uh, And the reason I hate it is because what is happening right now is that people are using that word boundaries to manipulate other people in relationships. And so when you realize that you set a boundary for the health of who you are, it doesn't matter what anybody else does in response to that boundary, because you're not setting it for them. You're setting it to protect your heart. You know, in the very beginning of the Bible, God talks about boundaries from a geographical perspective. He gave the tribes these different areas to protect, right? And God gives us boundaries that he even respects. And so it's this whole concept of us having free will. God wants us to make the right decisions, to be in alignment with his will, to be obedient to his word, but he's a perfect gentleman and he's given us the ability to set the boundary of our choices. And so at the end of the day, our choices really are how we handle other people through boundaries. Um, For example, If uh, I know in the beginning of my marriage, when I was having all of this chaos uh, happen with my husband and we were going to uh, counseling, what I was doing was I was going to um, all of my family members and friends and wanting to just talk about, you know, all of the issues. Uh, And then they would give me advice. uh, And then they'd ask me for advice on their situations. And what would happen was um, like, they'd be upset that I wasn't listening to their advice. And then I would get upset because they'd ask me advice about their marriage situations. And then I realized, I'm giving all of this advice to you. Why are you taking it? And I was getting flustered and mad, right? Well, I I can give you advice, but it's up to you whether you're going to take it or not, right? And so that's the boundary that I have to set with myself is that if you and I have a conversation and you're asking for advice, and I give you my advice and you don't take it, well, good on you because it doesn't matter because I can't control you just like you can't control me, right? So understanding that boundaries are so that you can be healthy in your own identity and in your own heart, then you're able to be freed from the opinions or judgments uh, of anybody else because it at the end of the day, you can't control anybody else and no one else can control you. You know, you probably don't realize this, Megan, but you just beautifully 
wove what you're doing or talking about or this Bible study into the whole foundation of this podcast. We talk about the the power and complexity of human choices, that we make choices and our choices make us. And so you're talking about the, the importance of boundaries with that so that you tied it beautifully together. Great I job. I love that. You also said something so deep that God gave us boundaries that even he respects. Yeah. I don't think I've ever thought about that before. That's really deep. Yeah. He really, he did. You're right. Yeah. That's, <laughs> because- that's powerful. He wants you to do something, but he's not forcing you to do something. Yeah. That's a boundary. He res- yeah. he respects the, your boundary of free choice. And I feel yeah. like if God respects my boundaries, then who am I not to respect other people's boundaries? Yep. And to set boundaries for yeah. ourselves that are for us That's and not right. for others, as you said. So powerful. Well, how would people get a hold of you? How would people find this this book? Where Where do people go? So the book is on sale on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and anywhere books are sold. Uh, and uh, you can go to my website, MeganWrightSpeaks.com. Uh, there's links there. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at the same. Uh, and then I'm also on YouVersion, the Bible app, the Holy Bible app on Android and iPhone, where uh, you can go on and just search Megan Wright and my devotionals pull up and you can subscribe there uh, and follow me there. Perfect. So Megan Wright Speaks? Yes. MeganWrightSpeaks.com. We'll have that in uh, our description as well for our awesome. audience. So one of the things that we love to do, well, first of all, Megan, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You gave, I mean, I'm going to walk away from this this interview and I, I, I really have some things to think about, brew on and, and actually implement in my life. But one of the fun things that we do on No Gray Areas is ironic because we call it No Gray Areas and I'm going to ask you to lie <laughs> to me and the audience. Two truths and a lie. I've got to figure out which one of the lie is the lie. Okay. Number one, uh, I've been featured in a horse showmanship showmanship magazine. Number two, I had a small cameo on Broadway. And number three, I have two indoor pigs. Ooh. Okay, I'm going to say number one is because I know you love horses. Uh, I, I follow you on social media. I see some of your stuff about horse everything. So that's true, isn't it? It is. <laughs> okay. Yes. Now I got a 50-50 chance. <laughs> this is... This is you live in North Carolina, so I could see you having two indoor pigs, but you also love to sing. You talked about that. I could see you doing a. Ca- I'm going to say number two is true. That I had a cameo on Broadway. Yeah, yeah, it's true. That is a lie. Really? Got so you. You have, you have the indoor pigs. <laughs> I have two indoor pigs, Boogie and Pua, and <laughs> they're not only indoor, but they actually sleep in my bedroom. Wow. Wow. How are they like miniature? Because pigs get really big. Are they, are they miniature okay. pigs? They're mini pigs, but there's really no such thing as mini pigs. I mean, they're, they're pretty chunky. They're short, uh, yeah. but they're, you know, they're stocky for sure. <laughs> but do they like, all I know is pigs that are outside, like in barnyards, they make a lot of noise and everything. Are your indoor, so are they, they like they make a lot of noise. Around? Yeah. They have a lot of, um, so, <laughs> Pigs are actually the fourth most intelligent creature that God created. Uh, They're very smart. They are cleaner than dogs. So anybody thinking, oh my gosh, a pig is so dirty. How could you have that in my house, in your house? Well, uh, your dog's dirtier than my pig. So uh, there's that. Um, I have dogs too, so I'm not hating on dogs. Yeah. Uh, But um, they are hysterically funny and um, they have lots of fun quirks and they bring me a lot of joy. And I... (laughs) I 
<laughs> no, like I never thought that I would have indoor pigs. And my youngest five years ago was like, mom, I want a pig. And I'm never going to say no to an animal. And so we got a pig and then we went back and got another one. And then my kids grew out of them. And I was like, I'm, I'm their person. And uh, turns out they are my favorite. I wow. love them. They're hysterical. Well, that's amazing. Congratulations. You are our first Thank guest you. on No Gray Areas that has indoor pigs. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain of that. I think you're the first person I've ever met that has indoor pigs. So congratulations. That's Victory. amazing. Yes, that's amazing. Well, Megan, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time with us. It was my honor. Thank you for taking the time to speak with me. And uh, I have always loved your message and uh, loved what God has been speaking through you. And so it's been an honor and uh, I've had so much fun. Oh, thank you, Megan. Wow. What an incredible episode with our special guest, Megan Wright. There were so many amazing takeaways and relatable topics we talked about. If you want to connect with Megan, purchase her book, or explore her devotions, visit MeganWrightSpeaks.com. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>